She's is this going to be like a group interview? The three of us, yes. Oh. Hi, Taji. Can you hear Hi. me? Hi. I know you gals have better things to do than sit and talk with me. So I'm going to read the introduction um, and then we can start the interview. Okay, sweet. The Women Mind the Water podcast engages artists in conversation about their work and explores her connection with the ocean. Through these stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. Today, I am speaking with Taji Riley and Samantha De Los Santos. Both women grew up in the Bronx and both are alumni of Rocking the Boat. Rocking the Boat is a program located in the South Bronx that teaches boat building to high school students. Working together, students develop the skills to build a full-size traditional wooden boat. These boats are built from designs that were historically used by New Yorkers, so students gain a connection to the city's maritime past. Once completed, the students have a chance to take their boats out on the Bronx River. I'm very excited today to have Taji and Sam on the Women Mind the Water podcast to talk about their rocking the boat experience. Taji is a union carpenter, environmental advocate, and a budding novice gardener, who I can attest from her Instagram posts as a green thumb. Sam is a soon-to-be graduate of Lehigh University. In May, Sam graduates with a degree in marketing. Sam has always had a passion for environmental science and water. Welcome, Taji and Sam. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I'd like to start. I'd like to start by asking you to tell me a little bit about yourself. I'd like to know what kind of experiences you had with water growing up. For example, did you like playing in the water or have a favorite place to go swimming? Um, well, for me, I didn't know how to swim when I was younger. I actually learned how to swim at Rocking the Boat through YMCA classes, but I did like going outside and being in nature. So I kind of enjoyed like if there was an area near the water or near the river, I liked going to the beach a lot as well. Yeah. Growing up, um, I always loved the water, but I felt like I didn't have direct access to it, or at least so when I was younger, I didn't think so. And it was through the introduction of Rocking the Boat that um, they literally opened the doors to me to an entire river I didn't even know I had in my backyard and um, a bunch of opportunities that we can do on that. Um, I always loved the water, um, but obviously living in the Bronx, there aren't really great beaches near us besides City Island and Orchard Beach and Jones. But um, yeah. All right. What made you think you'd like to try boat building? Did you like to build things when you were younger? I did, actually. I love doing hands-on projects at home. Um, my mom bought our home when I was young, and it needed a lot of work from the beginning. So I would definitely help her out in different projects. And in high school, there was an option to go on the environmental um, program where they do the on-water education, and I didn't know how to swim yet. So I was like, well, I want to be a bit safe and stick on land where, where I know things are going on. So I chose the boat building program. So you didn't think when you were doing the boat building that you'd end up on the water? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm quite the opposite experience. I wasn't in the boat building program. I was in the on water program. However, from my station of the classroom indoors where we would 
be taught all the on-water lessons. I could see all the boat building going on. Mm. And that in itself was so inspiring, just seeing pieces of woodwork transform into real-life 16-foot um, boats we can use and row on water. So I was amazed by that. But I've never touched any tools like Taji did. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess the next question is for Taji. Um, I'd like to hear about the boat you worked on. How large was it? Okay, so my first boat as a student was a 14-foot white hall named um, Audacity. We painted it in the design of a shark. Really super exciting for teenage Taji to be able to kind of see this thing go from a bunch of pieces of wood into an entire boat. So did you think it was going to be easy to build the boats? Absolutely not. No, I was so confused. Like, how are we going to redo the entire, because as a student, you know, you really get to see the boat go from pieces of wood that we sent through the table saw and through the thickness planer. And you're like, wow, this is really coming together. Uh, so I knew it was going to be challenging, but just at that time I was in for a challenge. Okay. What were the steps in building the boat? Oh my goodness. Um, so from the beginning to the end, it takes about six, yeah, about six months. We were building a boat in six months. And the first steps are laying out the entire boat onto what we call lofting. So what we do on lofting is we take the blueprint that we get from usually a book and we decide, okay, so we need to lay the entire boat out because it needs molds. It needs different pieces to be fit together. So that's like one of the main components of doing it in the beginning is lofting out the full size of your boat. If you have a 16-foot white hull, you have to loft out an entire 16-foot white hull. So it's lots of plywood and painting in the beginning and getting your lines correct. Um, from that step, the next thing, after we make the actual molds, which are usually made out of two by fours or two by sixes, and they go onto this piece of um, equipment that we use is called a strong bag. So in the strong bag that I built as a rock and the boat student, I think is still around the shop somewhere. It's we've been using the same one from then. So it's really a super special traditional piece of rock and the boat when it comes to being a boat building student. Uh, we usually sign our names on it as well. But it's, it's a process. It takes a while. You know, it, we do everything from steam bending the planks ourselves, cutting them down to shape, painting it. The kids always have a choice in, like, what color we paint the boat and how we know, name it based on their experiences from that semester. Sam, what were you doing while they were building? <laughs> I was taking the pre-existing boats out onto the water and testing the quality of the water, um, whether that was um, the Bronx River or even sometimes down to the Hudson. And we would do um, dissolved oxygen testing, salinity testing, uh -huh. pH testing, all of these surveys. And we also would um, check the wildlife surrounding the rivers, whether that was the types of algae that was blooming in season or even the birds that were coming, like great egrets, um, the eels that would come seasonally and how we could tag them. So as Taji and that boat building group were building new boats to use, we were taking the pre-existing ones out on water and um, surveillance testing and then submitting all that information to the New York State Department of Environmental Science, I think. That's amazing. I don't think that people realize uh, what 
that students are doing that in the South Bronx. Mm -hmm. Let me ask Taji and then Sam, I'll ask you the same question. What was the most challenging part of the program and how did you overcome it? Hmm. I would say my experiences as a job skills apprentice, um, you're in that position of a lot of the things that you learn as a student now coming into full bloom. So mm -hmm. as a job skill apprentice, now it's your job to do some of those more private projects. I remember one project that myself and one other boat building student did was we built a small kayak for um, um, this couple. And it was a challenge because the existing program director had a lot of faith and trust in <laughs> us in doing that project. And I was not as confident, but he continued to instill the fact that, you know, you're able to do it. You know, I, you're had the experience as a student, you can do this as a job skills apprentice. And a lot of just trusting yourself was a challenge because you don't want to mess up this boat. So much work goes into every piece of the boat down to, you know, installing the oar locks. So that was the, the biggest challenge, just trusting in myself. But it's, I, we did a really good project, you know? It was a good time. What about you, Sam? I think the biggest challenge I face is obviously majority of the students that are a part of Rockin' the Boat um, are from the South Bronx, um, an area that is doesn't have much access to opportunity, yet alone like the wildlife and the outdoors. And I guess the biggest challenge in a sense was having that shift in perspective and gaining that outdoor experience that I wouldn't have being a city native or born girl, you know, mm -hmm. um, like we went camping, we went on the rivers every day. Like that wasn't a normal high school experience for any New York city kid besides people that were a part of rocking the boat. So I guess the biggest challenge for me was adapting to that shift and perspective um, of opportunity of, getting outdoors in my backyard where only a few selective people knew that that was an access opportunity point to do. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And like getting my hands dirty. Like, I think that was also the first time I was like putting my hands in the river and like picking up eels and it, it was just so messy. Like you would never think someone from the city would be on water and doing water collection sampling and like, touching eels and planting things. I don't know. It was just a very weird introduction to the outdoors, but I loved it. Great. So I'd like to hear from each of you um, a different fun, uh, a funny story that you could share. Taji, mm -hmm. about boat building. And I'm sure, Sam, from what you're telling me, uh, you know, the first time you were asked to touch something that was alive in the water must have been funny. Mm-hmm. So There's Taji. so many, yeah. Taji Taji. Um, a funny story in the shop. Um, hmm. Well, about boat building, yeah. About boat building? Or being on the water when you got in the boat. Yeah, I have a lot of funny stories from, uh, from being a program assistant on the water with the kids. We do this week-long trip to a bunch of, Sam, I'm sure you've been on this trip too, mm -hmm. um, a bunch of small islands in the area, and I distinctively remember my first time going out on the water, just learning how to sail on the water. I, I was such a boat builder, you know, I was always in the shop boat building. And so for this week-long trip, we take the kids out for a week-long trip, just sailing on the water. We hit North Brother Island, I think. Um, we take a 
stop at Rye Playland. And it's really fun learning on hand because the students have so much trust that you know what you're doing. And for that point, I, I was kind of nervous out there by myself with eight kids in a boat. Um, but it was really funny because the kid, one of my students had to use the bathroom on water. So we were had to, had to figure out that situation. I was like, well, there's no bathrooms, kids. So we just have to use all the techniques that we've learned. So we did a lot of man overboard drills um, at Rock in the Boat. So she, we had to slow down the boat from sit while we were sailing, lean her over the boat so she could use the bathroom and then safely pull her back in. Um, and that was really fun. It was a great trust, trust building experience and team building experience for the kids. And it was also great for them to see how in a kind of stressful situation, you know, the PAs keep it cool and are able to just, you know, make sure everyone's safe, but also comfortable on a right. week-long ride. And that poor young lady probably never lived that one down. No, oh, trust me, she was very resilient after that. She had many stories to tell. <laughs> okay. What about you, Sam? I have so many good stories because <laughs> a lot does happen on water. Um, but I think the funniest thing that like happened, I guess, is like like Taji, like you when I was an apprentice, um, I was given this responsibility where they put a lot of trust in me that I was capable, which I was capable. Um, as a high schooler, you may not think so, and you may have doubts in yourself, but I surely was capable of taking my team and my other apprentices out on water, all on kayaks, two-person kayaks and one-person kayaks, and organizing. Um, I think that day we were just bird watching, actually, and we were all on kayaks. Some were individuals, some were in two-seaters, and my kayak actually flipped over and I was in the Bronx River and I had my life vest on. I was safe and like things like that don't happen as often. I think I was just like trying to turn around, but like the current was going against me and it was mm -hmm. just really windy and I just like flipped over for my weight and all of my clipboards and materials was like in the water. I had to fetch them. And then I had to jump in um, Miguel, who I don't think is a part of Rocking the Boat anymore. We're all alumni, but I had to jump in his kayak. And that was super uncomfortable because it was a one-person kayak. And he was the only person equipped to pick me up safely. And it was just a funny experience um, because no one ideally ever wants to get inside the Bronx River water um, because it's not like the cleanest. Um, it's obviously not tasteful either but that was a really good experience too because a lot of my teammates put trust in me and I trusted them in bringing me to safety and securely um and then we talked about it with I think Sam um when we came back um and it was fine and it was okay and I'm glad that we like worked together as a team to get through that mm -hmm. and also continued our mission of nodding um j well jotting down all the birds that we saw my besides that like minor inconvenience of me falling in. I love that minor inconvenience. At the time, <laughs> it probably was not. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't as happy, but things like that happens. That's a part of the job. <laughs> so Taji, uh, did you ever think that that boat was going to be seaworthy? And did you have m any moments where you thought, I built it, but I'm sure as heck not getting in it? <laughs> um. Yeah, I think when you have, we do this big event at the end of 
the uh, semester called the end of semester celebration and that's the day that we do the actual boat launch and it, I remember there being many times where we kind of came down to the crunch line where the day of we're still putting the paint on and blowing it so it stays dry uh, so and those times it was always a crunch but the kids and I always had the faith that yeah the boat will be fine and when you first launch a boat thankfully it has to take on some water for the wood to swell so if it got a little water then we weren't too worried I didn't know that it actually takes on water what through the floor planks Yes, and through the seams on the side, because the boat, the the when the kind of boats that we build, the the planks are put on lap straight, so there's a bit of a gap. We close it up with uh, caulking, but right. nothing gets it watertight. Huh, interesting. And that you, you're not you're sure that it's not going to sink. Did you get on with buckets just in case to bail it? <laughs> No, no. Luckily, our environmental students are really talented about getting us back onto land if anything starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, Sam was telling us a little bit about what it's like to take the boat out on the river. What was it like for you? It was always amazing. Each semester, sometimes we got a chance to build a different type of boat. And I think you see a lot of the students' personalities develop as the boats develop and get built. Um, each year that we had a chance to maybe build something different from a white hole or maybe take on a project that was doing restoration, it was always great to see it come all the way through at the end of it. So for both of you, how long has it been since uh, you've been out boating? Um, For me, and I miss it so much because I remember it used to be such a huge part of my after school routine from high school, like almost every day, if not four times a week, I would be at rocking the boat. Um, The last time I've been on a boat, I guess it's been like close to six, five years, five to six years. So pretty much since the program? Yeah. Okay. What about you, Taji? How long has it been since you've been in a boat? It's been about two, yeah, it's been about two years. The last time I had access to the water freely and openly was when I lived on a tiny island in Maine, um, Little Cranberry <gasps> Island. Okay. So that was, yeah, that was the last time I had just like free open access to just getting on boats and being out for the day. And I think it, mm-hmm. hearing Sam's story, it really is a testament to how having access to that water so easily and freely is so important to your high school experience and your adult experience. I'm going to have to talk to you afterwards about Cranberry Island. I haven't been there and I live in Maine. Oh, okay. So I actually was on a boat last summer in Maine. Um, My friend lives in Portland. Okay. It was more like a motorboat. We just did it for like a fun 4th of July thing. And we we went to Cow Island, I think. So uh, I'll ask this to both of you. Uh, Why do you think boat building is considered an art? I believe that boat building is an art because of the way you get to express yourself. Mm -hmm. There's something about when you have a tool in your hand and you're taking it to cedar, to white oak, to cherry, and you're creating whatever you feel and are experiencing at that moment. My One of my favorite parts of boat building is cleaning up the edges of our planks because I get to just hold the block plane and shave it down and make these really long swirls sometimes. 
from the cedar wood. And just that form of expression and art making really makes boat building special, especially traditional boat building. I love the fiberglass boats because they go fast and they're lightweight, but there's something about that hands-on touching the grain experience that I get from Boba and that makes it such a beautiful art form. Tashi, did that experience drive you to become a carpenter? Absolutely. I can hear it in your voice. There is an artist in you. Thank you. And Sam, you are the artist, so can you tell me why you <laughs> think boat building would be an art? Yeah, I think for me, like even watching it and it goes alongside being on water and like there's this connection that we all felt, whether I had no part in building the boat, I had a part in being on it and being the person Mm -hmm. launched with full faith and trust that the people at Rocking the Boat, my team and my other friends built this with their love and care and sweat and it means so much to them. And I, I felt honored each time I was able to take a boat out. Um, and every boat had their own name, had their own color. And I think that in itself is a form of expression that all of the, all of the students chose to pick. Um, and I think it, it provided a sense, like like what Taji said, like when you build something, you feel such personal ground connection to something. Like you made this happen. It's an accomplishment. It's an achievement. And for me to have the opportunity to have taken their achievements out on water, I think it's seeing their vision come to life, you know? That's lovely. Uh, So Sam, if you had a chance to design your own boat, what would it look like and what would it do? (laughs) Um, I honestly would replicate Audacity, the first boat. Like I want to make a new and improved version of her audacity part two um yes yeah so that's how would you how would you improve it um personally i would add some like gold accents to like the the, i don't know what you call the places that hold the oars orlocks the the orlocks yeah i just like put a little glam little glitter um maybe do like a nice gloss or finish with like i don't know i'd make it my own Sounds good. And put a bathroom in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a porta pot or a hole. Actually, that yeah. would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not a hole. <laughs> so being out in the boat, did it affect the way you thought about the river? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think the Bronx River especially kind of gets a bad rep for being so dirty Mm. um like frowned upon like people were like and some um citizens of the area would actually fish there because they had no other access to fresher resources and the bronx river when i was on it symbolized so much more than just oh this weird random dirty river in my backyard it sort of became my responsibility to take care of it to clean it to monitor it to see its improvements over time throughout the season. There were times, also the, I guess the funny story too, I don't know if you remember Taji, but there was a dolphin in the Bronx River. Yes. That was a magical moment. And to see life, well, obviously a dolphin is not supposed to be in the Bronx River, but to see life enter and like blossom the Bronx River, it kind of like 
made me feel good and feel protective of the sacred space that I had in my backyard that I wasn't most aware of before. Um, and it does get a bad rep for those who aren't informed on how the Bronx River came about and how we should protect it. And I think it involves um, education around the community because a lot of surrounding homes are right behind the Bronx River. Right. And, and make it so that people can fish in it and dolphins should be there. Yeah, 100%. Taji, how did you, that experience of being on the river affect you? It made me fall in love with water, I think, in a different way. Um, my perspective from inside of a boat is so different from being on land. You know, each year for um, one of our big fundraising events, we do Rocky Manhattan, where we take um, a bunch of our donors and a lot of staff from Rocking the Boat, and we do this big row around Manhattan. And every year I get something special from that experience because of the perspective I get of Manhattan from on the water. Mm-hmm. And it's a perspective that a lot of people don't have a chance to get. I mean, unless you're taking the ferry daily or traveling by boat, um, which a lot of people from the South Bronx aren't doing. Um, you don't really get to see the water from that perspective. So it gives me a respect and like Sam was saying, responsibility for the water. Um, The Hudson River, the Bronx River, the Long Island Sound, everything that connects these New York City waterways is really really special and important. Okay. So you told me how the experience affected you, you're thinking about the river. How did the experience affect you as a person? Hmm. I can go first and I was I it's not often that I get the opportunity to reflect on my experience at rocking the boat because like I become so consumed with life but I truly wouldn't be the type of person I am today if it wasn't for my four or five years at rocking the boat and as a high schooler and even late middle schooler like those experiences shape you and it also taught me how to communicate like not every situation on water was good and jolly like there were some dangerous situations like suddenly a cloud came over us and it was raining and we had to rush back and everyone has to stay consistent in rowing and you have to like tell everyone okay relax like the boat is not sinking if even that was the case or like we'll be okay like the wind is not on our side oh low tide is coming in way faster than we thought we're getting stuck in the mud like there were many situations that me and also my other um, apprentices had to flip on the switch of responsibility and accountability and safety and like shelter everyone like, okay, we're going to be okay. Let's do this. And I feel like I definitely learned majority of my communication skills there, accountability, also knowledge. I think I've learned way more about earth science at rocking the boat than I ever did in any science class in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's also thanks to my day-to-day experiences and the program directors there and how much they truly cared. Um, so I think I definitely learned, I gained a bunch of knowledge, communication skills, strategic skills, and also managing, like how to manage people in like crisis situations. Okay. And Taji, how did, it, how did the experience change you? or affect you? I would say it affected my career path. Um, Before, well, after rocking the boat, I went to college and I was going to school to be a nurse, but I lost the passion for that. And 
really connected back to my passion for building things and working with my hands because I remember being at Rockin' the Boat as a boat builder and I just loved it. Like Sam, I would be at the program sometimes way past the time it was time to leave or I'd be there on days where I didn't even have to be there just because participating in the program and having something safe to do after school is really important and having a space and a safe space at that was really important to me as a teenager so remembering all those feelings and emotions and thinking about well if that was something I was super passionate about as a kid I wonder what a career uh, as a carpenter would actually look like it looks different than what I thought it would be um, <laughs> I thought I would be doing more hands-on woodworking stuff so when I had to put down the uh, woodworking tools and pick up the construction tools I, it was a bit of a learning difference but still having that experience I rock in the boat gate definitely gave me a leg up in the construction field very good is there anything else either of you would like to tell me um, ab- about the experience or the river or I guess all in all, like the experience, I would 100% recommend it to anyone. And my age, older, younger, in between, I don't think um, there's ever too early or too late of an experience to get what Rockin' the Boat has taught me. Um, And truly, like Taji said, like a safe space. I think that was one of the most important things that has been created in the South Bronx, a safe space where children could build and learn how to build actual boats, a space, a safe space where children can learn about environmental science the right way and actually apply it. Um, and the fastest way of learning is doing it yourself, which is what we all did. And I don't know, it's also just access opportunity. Like if Rock and had not been there, I don't know how I would have spent my days after high school. Like, I was there, as Heidi said, until the doors closed, until the lights were off sometimes because it was a safe space for me. That was where I was able to get away. If I had a really rough and bad day, the last thing I would want was to be at home. I wanted to be on water and catch the sunset from this phenomenal view while I do my work, you know? Um, So it was a very freeing experience and I cherish it a lot. And I think that connection that um, we gained with the water or boat building is something very unique that a lot of people don't have access to. And if granted, would probably be amazing at it. Unfortunately, I'm not an environmental science major, but I came very close to thinking about it. Um, And it it definitely shaped my perspective now. Like I have such great passions in, in, in environmental science. Like I'm a great advocate for going green and recycling and taking care of our planet. And those are still issues I follow today as things become more important. Um, so that's how it really shaped me all in all. And I would recommend it 10 times over to anyone. Well, Earth needs a good marketer. So I guess you can be her. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Tashi, anything else you'd like to say? Yes, I would like to say that it's amazing to continue to keep spaces and the water accessible to everyday people. And having those people be people of urban communities, allowing those people to make sure that they feel like, hey, this is my backyard and maybe I am responsible for that. And that really happens when you have organizations like Rocking the Boat with people who have strong connections to the community, strong connections to the water and want to see programs like that really develop. So in my experiences as a boat builder, from being a 
a kid who wasn't really interested in traditional after school programs and was looking for somewhere to express herself. We need more students who are like that at Rock and Boat, and we need to make sure that those experiences are honored and we keep those safe spaces. And having women be have ex- accessible space to the water is super important too. I, when I think of the traditional sailor, I don't really see myself or many other women. Um, that comes up to mind. So having access to the water is important. And even if it's your own small river in the backyard or a pond, that you, you're entitled to that. Well, thank you, too. It's been wonderful that you gave up part of your Sunday to talk to me. I found you both uh, a lot of fun to talk to, very inspirational. I wish you a lot of success, and I hope you'll just stay around for after the outtake so that we can just talk a little bit longer. But for now, let me just say I have been speaking with Taji Riley and Samantha Day Los Santos for the Women Mind the Water podcast. The podcast can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on the Women Mind the Water website and on iTunes. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for her song, Women of the Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson. Thank you for listening.